Welcome to the business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym, the podcast for strength entrepreneurs. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the business of strength. This episode, we got the fourth quarter drive. Me and Dan are going to give you our two minute drill to crushing the fourth quarter of your business and setting yourself up for an amazing 2019. We're going to do a nice little review of some of the big hits we had this year. And again, some of our misses, right? Not everybody's perfect and nothing hits 100%. So we'll talk about some of the things that we missed on and then how to set yourself up for a really successful fourth quarter to make sure that you jumpstart 2019 and get a jump on another amazing, amazingly successful year. All right, Dan, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we wanted to work on this year that really went well. So, you know, when we start off every year, I think, you know, we, we always hit the ground rolling. We have our big yearly meeting. Last year, we locked ourselves, you know, in another building, you know, in a, on a galaxy far, far away. And, uh, you down know, literally <laughs> down the street and literally, uh, you know, locked ourselves in the room with the, with the advisory board and, and most of the crew for two days straight. And basically what that meeting looks like, gang, is for anybody who doesn't do or isn't, hasn't yet done a end of year meeting, um, two days offsite, you know, don't leave the room basically for eight hours a day. We ordered in lunch and we just brainstormed and, and issue listed, you know, dozens of things that we needed to get done in the gym, whether it was creating some type of new process for the front desk for memberships or whatever, to a cleaning schedule, to ordering some equipment, to repairing the turf, you name it, whatever it was, it went on the list. And then we spent the next day organizing that list in terms of importance and, you know, what we thought were the big ticket items that we could actually tackle uh, that, that were going to make impact on the business. And, and we just started kind of pulling them off of that list to create our rocks for the first, second, third, and fourth quarter. And we're kind of going off of that. Basically, that year-end meeting sets us up for the majority of the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the uh, the best example that we use very frequently, especially with dealing with most of our listeners that are, you know, mostly, uh, you know, strength-centric coaches. Sure. You know, that meeting to us is very similar to coaches sitting down and putting together a summer program for their athletes. Right. No good strength coaches going into a 12-week block with no shell of a plan. They're not going to just show up every day and just make it up as they go. And for us, I know the first few years we were in business, we would show up, we would work really hard, and we would react to every day. You know, the the roof is leaking. We got three new athletes. We have a coach that wants to schedule a call. And, Joe, you do this. Mike, you do this. Dan, Trevor. And we were totally reactive to situations. Sure. Getting off site now for us, you know, I, I think a lot of people think like, well, what, what's going on in those meetings? <laughs> Nothing crazy is going on in those meetings. It's it's a time and a place for everybody to, A, voice their opinion on what they think is going well and what isn't going well in our business. And it allows us to identify those issues and problems and rocks. And then we are able to work backwards and formulate a plan on to how we're going to either eliminate that issue or turn that problem into a strength. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, the idea of meeting, you know, we meet off-site every quarter, and we meet at the end of the year for a two-day off-site. The quarterly off-sites are a, a whole full day, like a one-day, like a whole Friday. 
and then the two days we did uh, uh, a Friday Saturday. So, um, and that was that was, and you know, we turned it into a lot of fun. We we brought in lunch. We we all went out afterward when we finished the meeting, and we kind of set ourselves, uh, you know, set our VTO for the year. Everybody, we all took everybody out for lunch and had a nice time. And it's, so it's it kind of gives everybody an opportunity to speak their mind. But when you get off site, it it it's kind of it creates the you know let's call it like turns a switch where it's like hey we're here to focus yeah. on this and this only. It makes it feel, and Trevor, you can attest to this too. It feels like a town hall meeting. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say that like it really is like kind of fun like i look forward to it because it's not the same thing we do every day and like we can all get our ideas off and things that have probably been on our mind for a long time more creative yeah yeah. well i i know i know what happens when we come here when we're meeting here many times in our advisory board meeting we meet here every friday but but you know many times there's distraction there's you know something happens out on the floor or you know somebody's knocking on the door the phone's ringing or whatever so you're not completely dialed in so getting out of your gym space i think is critical so um that's one thing so let's talk about let's talk about the let's start with the biggest thing first i I would say the biggest accomplishment this year for dan and i and the gym as a whole um but especially for me and you because i know it was something that me and you really wanted to do uh was our strongest year program and and the strongest year program is basically an extension of the Business of Strength two-day mentorship and this podcast where we took 10, we behind the scenes, right? We didn't really publish much of this. It was kind of something that me and Dan are working on rogue. But behind the scenes, uh, we took 10 gyms through kind of like a 12-step, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, Gym Owners Anonymous yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> program where every single m- month we rolled out another module of, you know, whether it was process, sales, marketing, information, which is ongoing. And, you know, whether it's monthly calls, conference calls, meetings, things like that. And our goal was to take 10 gyms and and turn them around 100% and make them into, you know, super gyms. And I think we're we're doing an amazing job. There's some great, great progress. And, And some of the people in that group have experienced more growth uh, up through the halfway point of this year than they did in all of last year. So we're really excited about that group. And, and I think for me, the biggest thing for me is just the, I don't know, the validation maybe of, of, of you know, 25 years of hard work and dedication to becoming an entrepreneur and a strength coach and a business owner and all the trials and tribulations that we've gone through. Yeah. It makes me super happy that when I could see somebody going down one of the rabbit holes that me and you went down and be able to rewrite them and re- and and have them avert that tragedy. It's easy to say like, <clears throat> you know, always it's easy to sometimes do it than to coach it, you know. Sure. And and that's why a lot of great athletes never become great coaches. Um and like you said validation is that for us, for you and I, and you know, I know we're doing the Business of Strength podcast. We we had we've had some cool feedback and some great comments and commentary emailed in and things like that. But to actually have a group of people that are relying on us to, in a sense, uh, steer the ship of their gym, um, it's been it's been extremely rewarding to say, wow, like what we've been doing here in this box. I mean, this gym is beautiful now, but it o- it always wasn't. Right. Um, that the systems and the trials and tribulations that we went through to get to this point 
actually get work for somebody else. <laughs> you know that it's not us. We're not full here. of shit. It'd be like you know the, all the all the you know I the do fires know what I'm that, talking about. that we put out. Like in Trevor and I, like freaking hitting our heads against the wall, and like just like. It, you know, sometimes you do feel like you're full of Yo, shit. Yo, in all transparency, you know? I was fucking terrified yeah. when we yeah. started it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I honestly, you know, I mean, F- Phil was probably one of the first guys that we, I knew he was on board and wanted to do it. And I knew he was in, you know, what situation he was in with his gym and stuff like that. So I was like, man, this guy's really yeah. relying on me. And like, I better not fuck this up. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, you know, I, if I tell him to go right, and and that's the wrong way, and it's like he, then he comes back like you screwed me over. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. the the two day business of strength. You know, it's it's awesome. I have a great time. It's a great experience. We're able to inspire and motivate, yeah. and definitely give tools that if people go home, they're like, man, like if they get one or two things out of it, it's great. And I know that they do. But I I wrote an article about this this morning. I sent it to Trevor this morning. This is going to be our newsletter, but it talks about the difference between inspiration and motivation and creating habits. You know, what we're trying to help with these strength entrepreneurs is really build in habits because habits, they're systems, you know, like what you do every day becomes a freaking system. No doubt. I could watch Rocky four 10 times over and I might be inspired for a day, two, maybe three, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be ongoing. Change. Exactly. Sure. So, you know, the strongest year program, I think the biggest difference between the business of strength seminar program, not that that I still think that's a fantastic two day seminar, but what we're really trying to do with these people is build business habits. Sure. And to create real impact, you know, we can do a lot because we're working on such a smaller scale with each person. I really get to know them and their business. And, and after doing, you know, a, a really in-depth business profile and speaking with them personally for hours at times, you know, on the phone, um, we get to know kind of the ins and outs of where their mindset is. And I think a lot of what I've learned over this last, you know, six months is that um, the mindset of the entrepreneur and how they, how they approach delegating work, how they approach being a leader, how they approach sales... And it's literally their thought processes that create the majority of the the output commands in their business. You know what I mean? And so you, you know, are your inner voice. Yeah. So like you know, we saw a lot of people in the group with a real sales aversion and not not liking whether it was getting in front of a camera and doing like a a, a little Facebook video or even just like selling face to face to a client. Never really thought about like. Well, I don't know. Why don't you sell to yourself on your cell phone while you drive to work? Why don't you sell to your wife? Why don't you sell to your buddy? You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, when we when we do our mock sales, people are like blown away. They've never done that. I mean, how many business of strength mentorships and how many people with the SYP have we done mock sales with? And they're in their like late twenties to fifties. And they've never done that ever, you know what I mean? So it's like, wow. And they're running successful And they're running successful businesses. But if you never verbalize your pitch, your passion, your processes to other people, it just doesn't come out right. So I think the SYP has really been, for me, that's been the the pinnacle of of successes for this year. It it validates what Dan and I have uh, and the rest of the crew have done here and created here over the last, you know, 12 years since we've been in business together and... And for me, you know, chasing a dream for over 20 years to just, you know, 
uh, you know, be a great strength entrepreneur, be a great strength coach, and now have the opportunity to help other people who were, were in the same boat. I didn't have a lot of help. I didn't have a lot of mentors. I kind of learned a lot of stuff on the fly. So by being able to help people, you know, uh, you know, avert some of the mistakes and and highlight some of the successes that we've made, I think we can, you know, I can get I can get some I can get somebody from point A to point B in a third of the time that it took me, Absolutely. unfortunately, you know, you know, and that's just the truth of it. You know, the technology and the availability of information from where I started in the early nineties, you know, to now, it's like crazy. If you start a gym now, I mean, you could be making a million dollars in three years, easy. Like, you know what I mean? Definitely. It's really, you know, not a hard process as long as you, you hustle hard. And, uh, but like when I, you know, in the nineties, it was like, I was, you know, there was, there was dial up AOL and, and MySpace, <laughs> you know, so that was a big one. That's really something I'm super proud of. And there's going to be a lot more coming out of that group in the next year. And we're actually doing our first strongest year retreat in April. So we're going to be real excited about that. We'll have some information coming out about that in the yeah. new year. So that'll be something cool. You know, one, one thing about the strongest year um, program as well <clears throat> is that heading into the new year, a big thing about leading your team is, is getting them on board with what's happening, why it's happening, and how it's going to affect them. And having that town hall meeting leading into the new year, we had everybody on the staff knowing what was happening, knowing what our vision and our goal was, because for us, this is something that was completely new. Yeah. So to build to the future and allow them to you know, have a part in it and know what was going on with it, was a was a huge catalyst I think for the success of that group because that group has taken a lot of our time away from some things that happen on the on the gym floor on a day to day sure. basis and our crews really stepped up and they understand you know the vision of what we're trying to do as a company and again that is something that year in year out you know businesses change and evolve you got to make sure that your team's on board and that everybody knows what's happening sure exactly that they understand they understand you know whether it's you know, us training a little bit less or just reorganizing some of the structure of the company that there is a, a higher purpose. And, and, and on that note, though, you know, the reason why we have these group meetings is because, you know, although Dan and I own the company and, and may, maybe make the final decisions on most of the things, uh, we leave that meeting with everybody raising their hand. Do we agree that these 10 things are the things that we need to work on in the next quarter. Are these the issues that we're okay with? And everybody agrees, and we walk away. So at the end of the day, if somebody comes to me and says, like, well, we shouldn't be doing this, like, man, we sat there. I asked you straight up, do you agree with this? And you didn't open your mouth, and so now it's too late, and we're going to have to move forward with this, you know what I mean? And that's that. So it's like, you know, I, I, we try to be and in, as inclusory as possible, we have a great crew, and I, there's some great minds in here, and I want people to use them and, and have an, op, an opportunity to to help create change in this business. So that's number one for the SYP. No, no, number two, uh, I would say, you know, I, this summer was really amazing. You know, we had a we had our busiest summer ever, uh, both financially. Uh, and, and numbers wise from, uh, bodies wise, you know, we had a huge college crew. We had multiple teams training. We had our fiscally best summer that we've ever had. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think from the standpoint of, you know, smooth sailing, like 
it almost, not that it was easy, don't get me wrong, like we worked our asses off, but it almost seemed like, yeah, everything was like, all the training programs were set, everything was organized, everybody knew what they were doing, and, and we really executed a, a really great summer training program here at the gym, so I think that's something I'm really proud of after all these years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, w- I think for the first time ever, <clears throat> we had a coaching staff that... I'm going to, I'm going to, we're on video too, right, Trev? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use air quotes here, is that we had our first real shift work that was happening in the gym where we had coaches that came in in the morning and delegated all the responsibilities of what needs to happen here in the morning. We had a shift of coaches that would go off site in the morning, and then we had a shift of coaches that would finish the day out here at the gym. And that is, I think the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, sure. Usually it was like, okay, you're on board for the gym for the summer. All right, we're going to be working from 7 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night for Monday four days. Thursday. Yeah, Monday yeah. through Thursday. Friday we'll get it. Friday we got summer. Summer Fridays would be out at 4 o'clock. But, yeah. you know, it, it was – this was definitely from ease of operation. Uh, we had, I think, the most efficient running crew this summer for sure. Um you know, and obviously the internship program ran very smoothly. I know we want to highlight Sean, who um, put together that internship curriculum and really kicked ass with that along with Mike. Yeah, I think like, you know, I mean, if we highlight a couple things. So, you know, to run a really great summer program, I think obviously the training program and, you know, between myself, uh, Mike and Sean and, and Adam, I think we really – developed a really great training program from both the strength side and then Adam uh, uh, did a lot with the performance, speed, and, and agility side. And, and, you know, a combination of a sliding scale of progressions and regressions for the variety of athletes that we had, uh, different training programs all together for our skill athletes and such. And, and because we've done this for so many years, we were able to look back at, you know, years worth of programs and compile some of the best stuff and the best results and then say, okay, great. Well, we, these are the, this, this is the training program that we're going to, we're going to uh, deliver this year. Cause that's going to give us the best uh, um, results for the, for the kids that we have, that we knew we had coming this year. Um, two, I, I, I think you need, you need to have your facility organized properly and 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 have, you know, in its in a sense a good handle on class schedules and things like that. And I think, you know, from an organizational standpoint, you know, we're we we have that down pat pretty good now where all of our adult classes are pretty well structured, all of our athlete classes are pretty well structured, and the flow of class from class to class is is really consistent now. Where I know a couple years ago, you know, and it's still chaotic because there could be 50 kids here at one hour and then 50 kids coming in. So there could literally be 100 people exchanging on the hour. But we're, we're, we're much more ready for that now in terms of setting up our interns and, and all of the segmentation of the gym that we have now where, yeah. like, new, new clients come in, they go here, we're finishing our college athletes here. So I think we're just a lot more organized in how we approach it. And I think because we've done it too, Dan, maybe it just seems that way because maybe we're just less flustered too. A lot of reps. Yeah, a lot of reps. You know, but like, you know, there'll be a hundred. When a hun- when there was 50 kids in the gym, 
you know, five, six years ago in the old gym, and we'd, we'd just be like, it would just be like it's panic mode. Yeah, it'd be like a panic mode. Now it's like, yeah, just go sit over there and wait a minute, <laughs> you know, relax, hang out for 10 minutes. So the summer program was really great. I was really impressed with the results, the kids. We had a great vibe. Uh, I thought there was a lot of really talented athletes here, um, and, and we just had a lot of fun. You know, the summer stud dinner was a ton of fun. And, uh, our, you know, our end of summer barbecue was awesome, you know, and then the team, we, you know, finished the summer basically a couple of weeks ago with our team VH day heading down to the Tiki bar, Jersey oh, shore. Boy. And I uh, had some whole fun. crew, whole crew. So that was a blast. So, you know, it, 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 you know, that's something that we haven't done, but, you know, so that was a lot of fun. So that, that's probably my second, you know, uh, big accomplishment for the year. And then, you know, I got a couple little, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from the magnitude of these things, but. You know, Sean did an amazing job uh, of Sean. Sean, if you don't know Sean or you haven't followed us long for long, you know Sean, aka the Sarge, is um, you know has finished his master's degree in exercise science and you know really has a high interest in statistics and numbers and the educational process uh, uh, for developing our coaches. So he kind of took it under his own wing to. Re redevelop our summer internship curriculum and organize that in such a fashion that it really, you know, not only showed them how we do things, but got those um, interns ready for their CSCS exam uh, with the NSCA at the end of the summer. So that was something that we really thought was great. And Sean did an amazing job. I thought the facilitation was great. And, uh, and, and you know, it used to be me doing most of that facilitation. So it was awesome to be able to let that go a little bit and still be involved, still still help coach the interns and be a huge part of that. But uh, it was nice to see Sean take that responsibility head on and, and do a great job with it. So that was great. Uh, we also have, you know, I would say, you know, a huge thing is we started tracking all of our sales in a different way this year. So this might, you know, for some people, if you're not doing this, this might be like foreign territory. But, you know, if we're KPI tracking all of our sales uh, for a variety of our products and processes and things like that, sales, expenses, and, and such in, in a much more detailed fashion, and we we were doing like a daily tracker at the front desk and you know front desk sales went you know up to upwards of when we we missed by five dollars but basically twenty thousand dollars you know for the for 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 the quarter um in in smoothies and t-shirts and stuff so uh and i think that was a direct result of you know phoebe's hard work and, and really staying on top of the front desk staff and making sure that those numbers were uh up readily available for everybody so like you know let's say the first shift you know if we had a daily goal of selling 250 dollars in product you know and then the first shift did 150 then the second shift knew that they had a hundred dollar you know quota basically yeah, it was just you know phoebe you know has become somebody that can can help lead and just educate everybody that's working doesn't matter if you're working two shifts or ten shifts a week you know having somebody that's you know a, a Committed. point person and committed to, you know, being on it on a daily basis is, you know, helped them tremendously. Sure, sure. And she's setting up all the front desk with the six-week transformation stuff. And so it's been a great help, great hire, um, you know, and probably, you know, if you look at things, you know, one of the, probably one of the, you know, 
better things that have happened this year is bringing, bring, bringing Phoebe in and delegating a ton of work off to her. I know it's, I know she has saved uh, myself directly and Trevor directly hours and hours and hours of work for you know being at the front desk with Trevor or me doing all the KPIs and doing all the different reports and stuff like that. So that's been awesome. Uh, and then what else, Dan? What else is good? I mean, I think that we could obviously talk about, you know, this is the <clears throat> something we'll do one more good and then we'll get into some failures sure. and then we'll unveil the, the tread sled. Oh, all right, all <laughs> so, right. we'll save the best, yeah. save that for last. That's so, top secret. You know, a huge issue for us um, coming into this year was that, our open enrollment program for both males and females would rip through, you know, let's call it the last two weeks of August. And the last two weeks of August until, you know, about the first week of December, there was a real, real lull where we had winter sport athletes. Maybe we had a few basketball players. We had a few wrestlers. We had, um, you know, a few volleyball players, whatever it may be. And they would all want to train in small groups or they would all want to train privately. And the open enrollment times that we had set, you know, 4.30, Monday through Friday, 3.30 time slots that are open year-round, they just were lacking athletes. And there was really no home for those athletes. And this year, this is the first time, you know, we started open enrollment yesterday for, you know, uh, both males at 4.30 and the females at 7.30. There was almost 20 athletes in both groups. Yeah. Um, and our coaching staff day was day one that was built out to accommodate those groups similar to that of the entire year. Um, Adam did a great job of facilitating uh, those two groups. And obviously our entire coaching staff is on those classes. And, um, you know, that for <laughs> our business is going to be a real game changer that we're going to finish the year through quarter four. And we're setting ourselves up for quarter four to really push hard with the athletes, that they're going to finish strong. And that the vibe of the gym is that, you know, there's both <clears throat> adult athlete, GPP athletes, and then we have our, you know, field sport athletes that are here together year-round, where <coughs> in the fall beforehand, we really lacked having that athlete vibe at, at Varsity House. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I remember being at the old gym. It's gotten better every year here in the new gym, but, like, I remember being at the old gym the last year then, and really by, like, November was like, man, I miss having the athletes around. The, the vibe of the gym is different. There's no swag. Like, I need, I need, I need like, a bunch of dirty high school boys coming <laughs> in and, like, you know, wrecking the place and, you know. It's just, make, it's just different, it's you just know. Different. And I think that the, the adults here, they appreciate it. And I know that the athletes appreciate the adults. It's just, it's the vibe, it's the culture that we've created here. And, um, you know, when anything's missing now, it's just, it feels weird. So, sure, sure. You know, it's, uh, it, it's definitely... But definitely streamlining. You know, one of the things we talk about a ton with our, with our business of strength, you know, attendees and our SYP group is, is streamlining your schedule and streamlining your offerings and processes if you can't explain to somebody in a couple sentences how something works, it ain't, it's never going to work. And if you have, you know, a giant menu uh, of services, prices, options, and things like that, you're never going to sell. You're going to confuse people. So, And if your schedule is basically built out so you're taking classes at all different times at every hour of the day, 
Well, wouldn't it be better to have four classes a day and have them packed and fun and execute the shit out of them than to have eight classes a day that are half full and your coaches are tired and you guys are tired and it's like you've done the same session over and over and over again? So so the reality is, is that less is more. And, and Dan's example of kind of streamlining our full schedule and getting kids into a a consistent full schedule training program has really been a big change for us, and it's made a huge difference. And like I said, and I know for a fact that there was there was twelve high school boys missing yesterday due to a after school event. So you know that group's going to be popping yeah, you know, in the sure. next couple of weeks. So, so all right, let's get to the bad then. So you know, not everything's you know all rainbows, sunshine, no. and unicorns around here. You know, I like the you know, obviously, on Instagram, you would think that we just hit grand slams yeah. every day, all day. And it's almost true. I hit, like, triples most of the time. But, <laughs> right, but the reality is is that we screw up just as much as anybody, and there's tons of things that we could do better and that we're always looking to improve. Um, on that note, and what we said before we got this podcast started is, you know, don't get so hung up on stuff that you don't finish. Yeah, don't get don't don't beat yourself up. You, the the real key to b- business success is is being objective, looking at it and moving forward. You know, move on to the next thing. You know, don't get hung up to where it cripples you so long that you can't make a decision. You know, you only get paid for what you get done, and at the end of the day, you have to decide. And so sometimes you're going to decide wrong. You know, and, and sometimes, and, you know, it's okay to move, you know, we have issues and, and sometimes even rocks that we look at the end of the year, it's just not been done. And it's either something that needs to be outsourced or something that needs to get crossed off the list. Right. We look at it like maybe it was maybe it was just a bad rock. We just picked a bad rock, and we were like, well, maybe that's you know was something that we really we thought we wanted to change, but then we decided we didn't, or you know whatever. Or I assigned it to somebody. And it didn't get done. And it's like, well, maybe I just, I didn't assign it to the right person. You know what I mean? Maybe that person was either A, too busy, or B, you know, didn't have the capacity, or C, didn't have the want to. It wasn't out of their real realm. They didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? So, so it really depends on, you Run know. Pan, pan to the board. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I see a lot of freaking spots up there. We got to fill this. We got to get this board cleaned up in three weeks. So, so number one failure. I would say is saying yes too much. Now, I know this is some ideological lifestyle bullshit that everybody talks about. Now, you got to say more or say no more. But it is the truth. I think this year me and Dan uh, uh, said yes to, you know, four or five things that, you know, we think derailed us from time, perspective, and other opportunities. And, um, and, and, you know, for – and. I'm the type of person that doesn't like to do anything half-ass. So if I say yes to something and I put my name and my stamp on it, I like to give it a whole effort. And, and unfortunately, sometimes when you do that, especially if it's with other people or whatever it might be, if you don't get that same type of return, you know, it quickly becomes, uh, you know what I mean, where it's a negative situation. So um, I think there's some things that we're going to trim up in 2019 and, and I, I know from talking to Dan and Trevor and Mike that we're trimming the schedule. We're trimming our offerings even more. We're raising our prices. We're, 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 we're going we're gonna to trim line and, and streamline what we do and focus on really the two things that matter. And that's, you know, this gym and, and the training of our athletes and individuals 
and our business of strength groups and everything else from that point on becomes uh, uh, an afterthought because those are the two things that A, drive the the majority of the revenue, but also B, uh, provide us as a crew with the most fulfillment and, and, and allow us to, you know, do what we love to do. So anything else is just kind of a distraction. So learn how to say no a little bit more. If you're a new gym, sometimes that's hard. You know, you get like you. You know, you get you, you get so excited to say yes to a coach or yes to a an opportunity. You know, and, and sometimes it really puts you out there in a situation where you're not. You, you, know. you uh, it's tough because you have to be willing to do a lot. You have to be willing to go the extra mile. But there's the different. You know, there's a big difference between being willing to go the extra mile, and and going in all different miles, all different directions. Yes. You know, and. Hundred percent. You could say like, "Hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to train adult fitness classes at these five hours a day, and I'm not changing the hours in the day, and I'm going to bring it every single day. And I'm going to do six, or I'm going to do six, seven days a week, whatever it is. But that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to focus on. You can't have a school down the street go, "Oh, well, do you want to come do an after school program?" and say yes. You can't have you know a school ask you to ask you to be a, a football coach and say yes. And it's like a lot of these things. I'm using examples that of sure. what I did, you know. And it's like you can't say yes to everything. You have to focus in on a couple things and get really freaking good at those couple things, and then opportunities will kind of start to to fall in line. Yeah, I think we say it all the time. Um, you know. It, I don't know anybody who's the absolute best in the world at anything who's not making a shit ton of money. So if you're the best computer programmer in the world, you're freaking loaded. If you're the best artist in the world, you're loaded. You know what I mean? If you're the best knife maker, let's make it niche, right? Like you're the best knife maker, you're loaded. You're making money and fulfillment. You know what I mean? You're the best strength coach in the world. You know, look at guys like Eric Cressy, Joe DeFranco, guys like that. You know, they're not they're doing okay. You know what I mean? So if you niche down and get good at something and become the best in your area at it, you will be successful. And but you look at like Joe D and Eric Cressy, like two perfect examples. Like Eric Cressy was like the baseball guy, like the this arm shoulder girdle guy. And now he's working with like uh, Sharapova, like the tennis player. Yes. You know, and he has a New Balance sponsorship and he's doing business uh, seminars and he's doing, you know, uh, he's opportunities have found him, but he, in the beginning, was, he's said no to probably a lot of opportunities and yes. just got really good at what he's doing. Same thing with Joe. Yeah, Joe was the combine guy. Joe was the football were, combine. Yeah. You know, you and the now, NFL guy, you want to go train with Joe. He's got all sorts of shit happening now. Right. So, you know, yeah. it's it's just stay in your lane, say no more often. We need to take our own advice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Streamline. I, I got I to gotta redo my – I got to – I got to redo my own ideal schedule for, 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 for the fall, that's for sure. All right, so well, right, one of, another one of our failures, I think, was, you know, we're, I'm just labeling here called bonus structures and contracts. You know, um, here at the gym, you know, we like to give bonuses out for achieving certain milestones, whether it was memberships or revenue or whatnot. I think it's really important that we pay our staff really well and that, that the guys, are ha- guys and girls, you know, the crew is happy and, and that we take good care of them. So... You know, we'll hang bonuses on certain things. 
Um, I think from an operational standpoint, um, making sure that there's more transparency with that and making sure that it's it's clear and thought out. It's very clear and thought out to me and Dan, but I but I think going for, forward for 2019 that we'll, we'll put out a yearly report as to um, – you know, what bonuses were given out, what they were attached to, so people can see kind of how that all worked out um, for them at the end of the year, much clearer as opposed to just, hey, I, you got 500 here, 1,000 here, 250 here, whatever. And at the end of the year, you forgot what it was all for and you can't really see right. it. So that's one thing. And, 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 and our contracts um, for employees – is something that you know we we've always done. We've always written contracts. Always make them sign contracts. But uh, again, as the business grows and organizational structure becomes more and more important, I think that it's an area that we can dial in a lot better. And and so creating some uh, standard contractual uh, uh, templates to use for whether it's part-time coaches, full-time coaches, part-time admin, full-time admin, and having some of those roles, responsibilities, duties, and things like that more clearly outlined. The more you can give them up front, the more clear you are on what they're getting, what they should be doing, and what your expectations are, the better the long-term outcome will be. So that's definitely something that and, – and that's generally my job here is, is creating those contracts. So you know, I'll take this one on the chin and say that that's something that I will – spend a little bit more time and focus on this year. What else you got, Dan? Um, a big thing for us, there. well, I, I would say along with that too, before we move on to the next thing, is you know something that we pride ourselves on with teaching the business's strength is commitment to employees. And we do provide paid time off. Mm. Um, and paid time off for us is something that, you know, we have to have, we, you and I need to create a sliding scale of, you know, in terms of seniority, in terms of what people get in terms of pay, uh, paid time off sure. and some junior level coaches that might be part timers, you know, how that affects them a little bit differently. So something I wouldn't call it a failure, but something that needs to be added to those contracts is I'm speaking out loud to yeah, all of yeah. us in here is definitely paid time off. That's one. Um, and leading into another failure is that certain team meetings, um, keeping to the agenda, you know, yeah. and having... No tangents. Yeah, tangents is one, and two is keeping a timeline and forcing people to come prepared to all meetings. Um, and that, you know, preparation, nobody wants to sound stupid in a meeting. So if you're required, if Trevor was, you know, required to come with marketing materials and he didn't have his stuff prepared, you don't want to sound like an idiot in front of 20 people. So... And, and the way to do that is we haven't been sending out a syllabus prior to meetings, and that's something that you and I need to do a better job of. Yeah, yeah, that's something that, you know, we have to preempt meetings with a pre-meeting syllabus so people have can get their creative juices flowing, their ideas out, and maybe, you know, put some notes together and things like that. So, uh, we, uh, you know, we do a good job, you know, in our advisory board meeting, but with our team meetings, that's definitely something that I want to improve for, for the fourth quarter is, uh, you know, I want to have, you know, for the fourth quarter, we have, you know, we have six uh, team meetings in those three months. And, you know, I want to make sure that we have a level 10 meeting each one of those. That's a good goal of mine. So, you know, and the, the, these might sound like if you're not doing some of these things, folks, I mean, these might sound like stuff that you you might not be able to relate to, but, 
You know, think about, you know, all processes. When I, when I look at a process, I look at, you know, is it measurable, is it obtainable, and is it repeatable? And, and, and you know, just like I would, at, whether it was I was training an athlete, you know, can I measure its success, and, and is it, you know, something that I can literally grade, uh, you know, with let's call it a 1 through 10 or a 1 through 5 or, you know, F through A, whatever it might be. Uh, is it is it obtainable? You know, are we? Is it something that we could actually do? Right. So, like, if I create a new onboard program, does it even make sense to to move, flow people this way? Is it? Is there a good flow to it? Does it work properly? Do people understand it? To, to the does does it create more work or less work for the staff? Things like that. And is it repeatable? You know, if it's not repeatable and you can't do it consistently over and over and over again, it doesn't exist. It, uh, then it's not a system. It's not a habit. It's just something you did, and you're again. You know, from what Dan said earlier, it's just a reactive situation. Then, so if you cannot, you for us, you know, we're at the point now where employee development and employee relationships are one of our biggest overall issues to deal with on a consistent basis. So, making sure that the message and and, and the delegation of work is very detailed and organized is super important for taking the gym to the next level for the next few years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, I think on this podcast, it's important to to highlight some accomplishments. But, you know, the failures, you, you learn more from the failures. And I think people listening, you know, I think the listeners learn more from hearing real yeah. world failures. I know? mean, shit, we want to talk about the turf. I mean, that was, that was probably our biggest failure for 2017. But that was, I mean, that was a shit show. I mean, we... we we had to replace our turf in three years. That cost thirty-five grand. So. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and what, that's, that's what I thought failure. was going to be our biggest mistake was tearing it up ourselves. But that actually <laughs> ended up being not bad. Man, we had a crew that day. Yeah, yeah. I got the, I got to ride the zamboni. Oh man, I was dreading that for a long time. Maybe maybe on the show notes here we can add the picture of Joe on the zamboni. on the zamboni. Uh-oh. It's definitely oh, yeah. floating. Somewhere. Yeah. Oh, my, oh, we have that for sure. So. Yeah. So, all right, so... Let's talk about the tread sled. All right, so, you know, probably one of the things that we are most proud of, um, you know, is is the unveiling of our first piece of gym equipment, the tread sled. Now, um, we basically took a an original model of the tread sled, and, and that was smaller, narrower... Um, and, and stiffer, meaning that the, 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 the tread mechanism, the tread itself, did not revolve very smooth and, and was quite stiff in a sense. And wasn't adjustable. No, it wasn't adjustable. It was, a, it was originally designed for heavy, to mimic heavy sled walking. Um, in, in, in its original design was, you know, from Westside Barbell, and, and their original design... Obviously, they're in Ohio, uh, like here in North Jersey and, and New York. You know, in the dead of winter, it's either a freezing, freaking cold, or snowing. So you know, you can't get outside all the time uh, to do sled work. Now we're very lucky; we have this nice, big, beautiful turf here. But a lot of gyms, you know, smaller box gyms and things like that, don't have that. So I bought a tread sled. Um, in 2005, right, or yeah, in 2000, sorry, no, 2006, in the spring, 
right before I opened up our first gym. It was one of the first pieces of equipment that I had. It was one of only two that were left, and I dismantled it and brought it home with me. And I basically, that was my main form of conditioning for the three years that I was in, you know, that original garage space. And speed work, really. Yeah, because, and, and it wasn't intended for that. So when I remember, you know, sending some videos to Louie and those guys, and they were like, oh, well, that's not how you use it. And I said, well, it's working. <laughs> you know, works good, right? And, and you run it the other way, and, and it ran like a sprint trainer. So, you know, we tweaked it and played with it a little bit, and we used to run the intervals on it. And, you know, I still got some old videos of Dan running on it. And, uh, and, and that thing is I, I, I'm going to, you know, go out on a limb. That is, that is the most miserable piece of machinery. And, like, if you want a killer sprint workout, it, it's very similar. The feel of it is very similar to running a hill, like a hill sprint. Definitely. So you have a little bit of resistance. You have a hard shin angle where you're running on your toes. And it, it, because of that shin angle and the fact that you're leaning forward, you're not putting a lot of impact on you, though. So you're not getting a ton of pounding on your knees, ankles, and hips like and your feet like you would running sprints on a flat surface. And it, it promotes that proper shin angle, that acceleration angle. Right. So the way that the machine is designed and where the handles are for you to hold, you're automatically going to be in that nice forward shin angle with, you know, let's, you know, for the sake of this argument, call it that, know almost a 45 degree angle um to where your shins are in a perfect alignment uh for you know putting power into the ground so we're super excited about it the tread sled is multi-use it's the it's basically a non-motorized athletic performance treadmill um you can sprint on it by facing one way and like we talked about, it's got adjustable risers so I can rise the level of the incline on the sprint side of the machine to make it feel more like running up a steeper hill or less like running up a steeper hill. And then the other way around, I'm standing upright um, and it with the band attachments, and it makes it very much like an upright sled walk. So um, in one piece of machinery... I can have groups of athletes do, you know, sprint circuits, sprint tempos, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tabatas and all different types of, you know, sprint based training protocol on one side. And on the other side, I can have athletes that need to do hamstring work, recovery work, just sweat it out, you know, GPP cardio. I walked on it with a very light band at a low incline. Uh, for 10 minutes, and I was exhausted. I was breathing heavy, you know, sweating hard, and uh, and my hamstrings were on fire. So you really get that the sense of a upright, belted sled walk when you're walking on the on the on the on the back end of the treadmill. So we we just placed an order for a bunch of machines, and we're going to be heading out to California in October to check out final production, and these are going to roll out probably around the middle of October to the 1st of November in that range. So the machine is amazing. There's nothing like it. We set the price point pretty low, you know, at around around $2,000, give or take some discounts and things like that that we have. Check out your emails, you know, subscribe to our newsletter. Maybe you'll get one. And 
and, and there's going to be limited production. So if you want to be the cool kid on the block with Absolutely. a badass piece of machinery that we've used here with some of the best athletes in the country, I've literally had you know everybody from our little kids to our housewives to our NFL pros running on this machine for a decade now, and it's never broke. It's never stopped running, and every athlete in the gym hates its guts, <laughs> but loves it and knows the, the effect that they get from running sprint intervals on that machine. So um, you got anything else to add to that, Dan, about the no, tread I mean, sled? You know, uh, with, with the tread sled right now, you know, we've got – the only thing is, is we've got 30. You know, yeah. we, we ordered 30. Uh, we're going to see where it goes. You know, like Joe said, it's something that's used literally daily – you know, the story for, for that is, you know, we have, you know, a client that's in uh, that's in fabrication and, and um, you know, that's – he's an engineer and he's in that business and has always said to us, said, hey, you know, anytime you feel like you have a piece of equipment that you think is something that people would enjoy and people would want to buy, let me know. And we thought about it for years. And I thought, I'm like, man, like this tread sled is something that – I don't see anywhere, and it's something that we use here every day. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's how it came to fruition. Um, you know, and uh, in this October, I, I can't wait to uh, get them out there. Every athlete who's ever come through the door has gone on the treadmill. Every, every single athlete who's ever come through the door has used the treadmill. One hundred percent. And and every time we get a pro athlete come in here, they're like, "What the hell's that thing?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And they want to use the treadmill. So you know, it's it's. It's fire engine red. It's got sick logos. It's it's really <laughs> wide. We made a wider, stabler, bigger version so it can accommodate athletes, like I said, from a 10-year-old kid up to a 350-pound animal of an offensive lineman and, uh, and everything else in between. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a, a piece of equipment to improve the sprint training, conditioning, and, and restoration of your athletes in a smaller, confined space without having to have turf or a giant outdoor parking lot, or if you're in one of the cold area states or the cold climate states and, you know, you've snowed in for a good portion of the year, this is an absolutely amazing alternative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you, like, if you like using air bikes as conditioning, you'll love this because yeah. you get that same kind of anaerobic lactic acid, you know, uh, 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 training that you get with the air bike, and it's really great. It, it, you know, with with the tread sled, if you want to be on the pre-sale list, the pre-sale list, like Joe said, is going to get a $200 uh, discount. You can email us at info at varsityhousegym.com, and Trevor and I will make sure that you are on that pre-sale list so that you could be one of the first 30 gyms in the country to get the tread sled. Yeah, I think one of the most... Uh, things to add too is like you know we compared it to the bike and like a tre like a real treadmill is that it's really zero maintenance like I'm we're downstairs messing with one of those bikes or something all the freaking time and we've never even there's never been an issue no the tread sled it's got it has it has a very high uh, tensile like a heavy duty tread and the rest of it is you know solid metal so it's it's basically you know well uh, it should last forever should last forever all right we're gonna do the two minute drill i'm setting my time we we'll see if we can get bang this out in two minutes trev let's try this for the, this is the first ever two minute drill right how to finish the fourth quarter strong and set yourself up Man, it's 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 not too late <laughs> it's not too late all right so here's what i see before we start the drill 
It's a lot of entrepreneurs. I haven't gotten a lot of done. I don't know where to begin. I'm kind of checked it in. Well, it's too late now. The year's almost over. What the fuck? There's three, there's three and a half months left to this year. Get shit done. Don't wait for anything. Make it happen. Right? When we started our advisory board years ago, we started that in the summer, and the fourth quarter was the best quarter we had ever had at the, up until that point. You can make it happen. You can make a huge change and a turnaround in your gym in a super short period of time by getting shit done and getting on it. So here we go, the two-minute drill, finishing strong for the fourth quarter. Number one, set good rocks, not issues, right? Make a giant list of issues and pick the ones that matter the most. Make it something that's going to move the needle. Getting toilet paper and ordering water for the gym, not a rock, okay? Number two, make an ideal schedule and block off time for yourself as the owner-operator visionary to get business work done, okay? Create a weekly schedule. Block out specific times, finances, marketing, sales, whatever it is, one to three-hour blocks, and get those things done each and every week. Make it consistent, and don't give up that time for anything or anyone, okay? Block that time for yourself and watch your business grow. Number three, plan out the next four months of your marketing plan ahead of time. Sit down, get the next four months, September through December, and get stuff down that you want to market, whether it's social media content, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's a holiday sale, whether it's some type of promotion, whatever it is, get it out now and start planning for those things now so you're not reacting to it then, all right? Number four, include January in your fourth quarter, pro, in your fourth quarter uh, uh, marketing and planning. The reason why I say this is because of the holidays and everybody's under a time crunch finishing the year, right? If you try to get, you finish the year, by the time you actually get to getting the next year set up, it's already halfway through January, right? So it's done. So January needs to be set up in the fourth quarter. You need to have your end of year meetings in December, all right? Number five delegate work, right? The more you delegate, the more you can elevate that work, the more you'll get stuff done. Number six, set all your meetings and deadlines okay, ahead of time. And that's the two-minute drill. Done. Stop. Okay. Last but not least, execute, execute, execute. All right. It's super important, gang, that you set your meetings and deadlines ahead of time so everybody knows exactly what's up and execute, right? As something that you know, uh, Bedros is always talking about, right? Take massive action. The problem that people have is that they, they mistake activity for achievement. That's a Dan quote, right? And, and they can spend their whole day being busy on minutia and tiny crap and have, and have done nothing that... What moves the needle? Sh- making sales, right? Making sales is what moves the needle, right? Creating time and making sales. If the things you do do not create time or money, then they're probably not worth doing. So that's it for our fourth quarter review. That's the fourth quarter drive. I hope you guys liked it. And if you want to learn more about our Business of Strength two-day mentorship and turn your passion into a profession, Go to strengthentrepreneurs.com. As always, this episode was brought to you by Varsity House Gym, a world leader in strength and conditioning. 
That's my peace. That's my out. radio man voice. We need Trev's radio. Next time. See you later. <laughs> the business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym. Turn your passion into your profession and learn how to run a world-class business. Be sure to visit us at www.strengthentrepreneurs.com to learn more. And as always, at varsityhousegym.com. Become unstoppable.